the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. I have a hard time celebrating mediocrity, let alone outright failure. So Dianne Feinstein is somebody's mom, somebody's daughter, and that's a shame when they die. However, she's also the wife of a traitor by Richard Bloom. He's the B in CB Richard Ellis. He's been a scallywag Chinese asset for decades. She's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, not to mention in every position she's ever been in. Absolute and total failure. And that ties into the other main story. Why is the government going to shut down on Saturday? Does anybody talk about that? We're going to shut down on Saturday because that COVID money, that became part of our spending. See, this is all very important. It's why no one remembers that when Barack, he likes him big and he cannot lie, left office, our debt was at $18 trillion. $18! It's now 33 32, if I pretend that they got the count right, let alone the fact that they spend in perpetuity constantly every millisecond of the day. And in the meantime, I'm going to argue about spending, about budgets, about the growth of government, the destruction of the private economy with with the kids in special ed called the Democrats. I'm not going to do that. I want to focus on why they should never be any position of power. And what we have here is an illusion of a republic, and Dianne Feinstein is the perfect vehicle to prove it. She should not have been in office for the last eight years if this country had any standards. But as you can judge by Senator Fetterman, who I believe is referred to as Senator Shortpants or her colleague, you can see why this government is lucky that it's only bankrupted the nation to the tune of $33 trillion. And yes, I make no illusions that they're going to continue to spend it and what we have here is a theater but i want you to understand how they're going to lionize this same kind of scallywag person as ted kennedy who was also a scumbag terrible terrible representative and a terrible person who was at the root cause of the death of a woman and got away with it like a daily it's the it's the it's disgraceful but here when i like to see how feckless I could point to the fact that she voted just six hours before she died, still had no idea of it. Or we'll go back to last week when our very own Senator Short in the Pants, little Dick Durbin, when our very own Senator, he decided to change her vote. question is on the adoption of the Blackburn Amendment, SIL 23875. The clerk will call the roll. Mrs. Feinstein. Aye. No. No vote. Oh, excuse me. No. So when she first heard her name, she said, I, which is Senate talk for yes. Little Dick Durbin decided, oh, no, no, no. I have you down before the vote for a no. Let's hear it again. The question is on the adoption of the Blackburn Amendment, 
SIL 23875. The clerk will call the roll. Mrs. Feinstein. I. No. No vote. Oh, excuse me. No. What? Yeah, don't worry. She'll vote tomorrow in the same way. Let's just let little Dick Durbin, the Democrats, or even this. How about some of her staff? How about some of Diane Feinstein's staff? You remember how wonderful her staff was, don't you? All eyes are on Chinese intelligence in the Bay Area after Politico reported last week that a staffer for Senator Dianne Feinstein turned out to be a Chinese spy reporting back about local politics. Today, the Chronicle has uncovered details. Citing an unnamed FBI source, the Matera and Ross column revealed the Chinese spy was Feinstein's driver, who also served as a gopher in the Bay Area office and was a liaison to the Asian American community. He even attended Chinese consulate functions for the senator. Chinese communist spy. What do you mean too soon, squirrel? It's, not, it's never too soon to point out exactly what we're up against, because these are the people you're trying to reason with as they destroy the quality of our life and the principles of our nation. They're called Democrats, and there never has been any standards. Now, this imbecile, imbecile, may she spend time relieving Madeleine Albright, this imbecile had a spy in her inner circle for 20 fracking years. Well, she was a senator. What was the committee she was on, Squirrel? Feinstein, who was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee at the time, was reported. Senate Intelligence Committee? The Senate Intelligence Committee? Do you not remember when this dingbat, dingbat moron made it so that the Night Stalker could be free another year? I do. It was 1985. At first, Los Angeles police thought that the murder of a young woman last March was an isolated act of violence. But since then, they've come to believe it was connected to a wide-ranging series of assaults by a killer who's become known as the Night Stalker, a killer who apparently struck again during the weekend. We have a report from Nadine Berger. Police today continue to search for any clues in the near-fatal shooting of 29-year-old William Carnes and the rape of his girlfriend. They're apparently the latest victims of the Night Stalker, thought to be responsible now for 34 brutal attacks, 14 of them fatal. These serial killings, once confined to the near Los Angeles area, are now spread over 500 miles from San Francisco to Orange County. Just as before, the assailant entered a house in a quiet middle-class neighborhood in the pre-dawn hours on Sunday through an unlocked window and attacked the couple while they slept. Neighbors are terrified. Now, they, forensics at that time in the 80s wasn't as sophisticated as it is today. They had very limited stuff, but what they had is a very unusual, unusual caliber weapon that he was using. They didn't want anybody to know, but Mayor Feinstein saw an opportunity to make arguably one of the largest mistakes in serial killer history. It was until uh, a murder occurred in, in the Bay Area. And Feinstein came in. I'm in charge and nobody's going to tell me what to do. And they asked her specifically, please do not say anything about this case. And she went and did it anyway. And she blurbed out that there was a serial killer. And uh, that's how she got her name on the map. Today, Mayor Diane Feinstein revealed that tests on bullets used to commit the crimes linked the San Francisco shootings of Peter Pan and his wife to the string of attacks in the San Fernando and San Gabriel Valleys. Uh, the ballistics on the weapons that, on the weapon uh, that killed both Mr. and Mrs. Pan out on eucalyptus over the weekend are the same ballistics on, I understand, more than a dozen murders uh, committed in Southern California. Police wouldn't comment on camera, but off camera clearly were miffed at the mayor for releasing the results of the ballistics test. He then goes on to ditch the weapon 
and continues to murder innocent people for one year. What was the penalty for this kind of incompetence and stupidity? She was elected to the Senate. Love Democrats. Absolutely love them. Where she promptly hired a Chinese communist spy who drove her around and worked in the Senate Intelligence Committee for more than 20 years. They mortified when the FBI told her she'd been infiltrated. Investigators reportedly concluded the driver hadn't leaked anything of substance and Feinstein forced him to retire. Oh, never leaked anything of substance. That's not what Dianne Feinstein herself decried only a year prior to the government learning which they'd had to learn, the Federal Bureau of Incompetence, forever bothering Italians or the short-in-the-pants Irish guardians, as, you, as I like. They had no idea that her driver, Chinese though he was, was a Chinese communist spy for 20 years. And nine months prior to them finding out, Dianne Feinstein wanted to throw accusations at, ironically, the Republicans. Uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee has just had a meeting uh, with the Director of National Intelligence, uh, James Clapper, uh, we invited uh, the House Chairman, Mike Rogers, and the Vice Chairman, Dutch Ruppersberger, to attend the uh, session, and we were very pleased uh, that they did. And so we will work uh, with the House membership uh, on language that can be acceptable to both sides uh, to codify a certain process, which we hope will be more efficient in retarding leaking and also being able uh, to stop it. And yeah. If you wanted to stop retarding the government, you'd stop electing Democrats. However, this imbecile never thought to look in her own car because that's the spy that was leaking information. And in the meantime, luckily he had a, a very close position to the senator herself, so he knew exactly what provisions were being put in place you know, to catch him. Also being able to evolve more tools to control it and where it cannot be controlled uh, to be able to take additional actions. So when I heard that ridiculous sentence, I immediately thought of our debt. Because these are the kind of intellects that are in charge of our situation. And all of the hyperbole I see on the TV, where all of a sudden this is our problem. The honest American taxpayer who gives 40, 50, 65% of his income and ver- a variety of different double taxes and whatnot. For these idiots who have managed to bankrupt our very currency. Wasn't it only just three and a half short months ago, Squirrel? More breaking news now. After weeks of negotiations, a tentative deal in Washington tonight to prevent a government default. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy coming to an agreement just days before the deadline. Here's CBS 2's Christian Benavides. After weeks of negotiations, we have come to an agreement in principle. A deal has- Do you know how they never tell you what the negotiations are? It's an agreement in principle. Do you hear the wordsmiths of con artists that they are? Do you know what he's not saying to you? Do you know what the, the biggest stipulation that was left in the nonsense spending of our government was the so-called emergency COVID relief? Did you know that? Oh, it's absolutely true. And that COVID spending spree is right now. In the budget of this country. In fact, that other $7 trillion, which is why, prior to Donald Trump being elected, we were at $18 trillion and change. Now we're at 32 with no stop in sight. Why? Because once the government decides to give something, it never takes it away. 
Let's welcome back to the show from House Financial Services, Congressman French Hill. Congressman, your your reaction to that report, are we now in a danger zone? We have able-bodied citizens. They can make more money by not working when there are 10 million job openings. What do you think of this report? By the way, this is from nine months ago. And the reason I played it is because it, it could have been from 19 months ago. It doesn't matter. Once the trillions of dollars by Donald Trump went into the budget, it's never coming out again. And all of this welfare cheese that's getting sloshed around, paying for the scallywags that are destroying once great cities that you see right in Chicago, let alone throughout the country, it's going to keep going. Liz, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to your viewers. Absolutely. This tells the whole story of taking the pandemic and turning it into a spending spree and an expansion of the welfare state by Joe Biden and the Democrats in the House and Senate. And so as you're inundated over the next 48 hours until these, this theater of incompetence and stupidity called our government jams more and more spending down our throat, it's crucially important that at least some of us Americans understand the ramifications of pretending these dimwits like Dianne Feinstein short-in-the-pants Fetterman, are actually representatives in a free republic. They're not. They're mafia heads. Not only does it, let me, let me mention one other thing compared to your reporter. You can get your mortgage paid or your rent paid without even showing harm from the pandemic as a result of the American Rescue Plan. Basically, no strings attached. And that's what the Democrats did to so many of those pandemic programs. They extended them and they expanded them to more people across the country. So when you hear headlines that the spending plan vote fails, understand specifically of what we're talking about. Will the government be permitted to spend $9 trillion, even though it sets a record of revenue at $6 trillion? Because what they can't tell you, what they're afraid to tell you, is what they're pretending is revenue is actually their spending. And we are on a doom loop. We are on a death spiral. So all of this talk about recessions and whatnot, guess what? The rest of the world, they're not buying it anymore. Join us now to talk uh, rates. Subhadra Rajapa, head uh, of U.S. rate strategy at Society General. And and I I, I didn't see you nodding, but I read your notes and I've felt some implicit uh, nodding. There are big supply issues and not necessarily receptive uh, buyers on the other side of a lot of, of debt issuance coming up. That means nobody is buying our debt. No one is stupid enough outside of our country not to see what our very elected politicians are doing. They are intentionally bankrupting our currency, our economy, our quality of life. Because what Democrat areas show you is that once you are in financial trouble, what do the people do? They surrender to their abuser like a battered housewife and ask him what he wants for dinner. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. I don't know, Squirrel. I've got a lot of sound bites that I love. But to show you how ridiculous and futile this runaway corrupt mafia pretend to be the government is, I think it's this Dick Durbin, Diane Feinstein cut. question is on the adoption of the Blackburn Amendment, SIL 23875. The clerk will call the roll. Mrs. Feinstein. I No. No, Oh, excuse me. No. Move over, Madeline Albright. 
You've got to go on break. In the meantime, the rest of the world realizes the kind of corruption that our government is. And now they're no longer buying our debt. This seems to be rather important. It's In fact, it's even more important than whether a couple of scallywag con artists called representatives can come to an agreement to continue to spend $9 trillion, which is a number you're not going to hear anywhere else. Nobody wants you to know that. Why? Because they want you to feel that you're on some sort of a team, and it's your team versus their team, and all we got to do is support our team. Do you think this doesn't happen on the Republican side? You'd be wrong. Take a look at some of the legacy Republican scallywags, and I don't just mean Mitt Romney. How about old lady face Mitch McConnell? who's looking more and more like the grandmother from the Beverly Hillbillies. In the meantime, who's actually in charge? Shalanda Young. The Treasury Department uh, now says the federal deficit is at $1.5 trillion. Um, you know, that's more than the CBO projected. The president's pushed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. He's pushed the Inflation Reduction Act, the American Rescue Plan. He signed into spending uh, $5.8 trillion over the past two years. Spending is at the heart of this impasse. So does the president bear any responsibility for a shutdown? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That $5.2 trillion is on top of the COVID money that Donald Trump spent. You realize the kind of numbers we're talking here? And if you think that these idiots that hire people because of their genitals and their pigmentation, you think that they're on to anything? It's, this is arguing algebra with the special ed class of the, of the fourth grade at CTU. They can't catch up. And by the way, the deal was to ensure that we had a fiscally responsible plan. I think the name of the bill was the Fiscal Responsibility Act that saved a trillion dollars over a decade. Hey, Shalanda, you named something that drove up health care costs by 300 percent, drove hospitals out of business, drove doctors out of business. The Affordable Care Act. I really don't care what you idiots name things. After all, somebody named you Shalanda. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says that he's not going to take a salary during the shutdown. Does the president plan to pause his salary also? Look, I'm glad that the speaker has made that statement. By the way, members of Congress have to get paid constitutionally, so maybe he'll put it in a sock drawer. I don't know, but they have to get paid during a shutdown. That's theater. That is theater. And you know, the dummy is actually right. I like to point out the one time since she's opened her mouth and she came into the public eye. She's right. She's right. It is theater. But the real question is, it's not going to slow down the Chinese communist money to your so-called commander and what's it? Commander in chief rather than criminal and thief election stealing fraud that he is. Can you talk a bit more about the impact a shutdown will have on the crisis at the southern border? That's something that is theater as well, because the Border Patrol along with the military, along with Social Security, along with about 9,000 other things, will continue to get paid. The one thing that will not continue to happen is there will not be buyers for the new debt that they pretend they're not going to agree on. And what that means is forget recession. We're talking depression. And it takes smart people who understand it's upsetting news to dance around the topic. So what does it look like when nobody is willing to buy our debt anymore? Absolutely. I think the supply-demand dynamics are definitely as skewed as they've ever been uh, in at least the last decade or so. Uh, yes, foreigners have been stepping back. China is not buying nearly as, man, as much nearly. And then Japan is also not buying uh, you know, as much. In fact, they've been selling uh, treasuries. But really, the elephant in the... Boy, oh boy, if only they knew that we actually give them money to buy our debt. They're not buying our debt. It's kind of like a scheme in which Biden Inc. gets paid through a pretend professorship at UPenn 
We give these countries money to pretend to buy our debt. And now they're not even willing to pretend. The room for me is the Fed. They've been unwinding their balance sheet and it's QT. They've been unwinding the balance sheet at the rate of 100 billion per month. So the Fed is selling debt that it bought very, very cheap. And they're selling it now at massively driven up costs. Do you know what that's called in the business world? Vivek Ramaswamy knows it's a pump and dump. Only Vivek does it with pretend pharmaceutical companies. The Federal Reserve does it with our dollar. All right, let's go to Jim in Tennessee. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, how are you? I've got a statistic. We talked about these trillions of dollars. They throw in another trillion like it's nothing. If you were to sit down with a stack of dollar bills and pay off a trillion dollars in a dollar a second, you know how long it would take you to pay off a trillion dollars? 31,760 years. You got it, baby. Thank you, Jim. 31,000 years yeah. to pay off a trillion dollars. So we are bankrupting our kids and our kids' generations for years and years ago. Oh, Jim, the only good thing to know is that Diane Feinstein, along with Madeleine Albright, many other of the Bush family, will all be burning in hell. Thank you very much. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. Uncanny resemblance to the grandmother from the Beverly Hillbillies. The government, it's not like pressing pause. It's not an interlude. He sounds great. Sounds a lot healthier than Diane Feinstein right now. But she sounded better than he did yesterday. It lets us pick up where we left off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Actively harmful proposition. Right. Instead of producing any meaningful policy outcomes, it would actually take the important progress being made. Now, do you know how much money Mitch McConnell is worth, Squirrel? If you factor in his Chinese communist father-in-law... Billions does explain why his name's on a lot of buildings in Kentucky's. But here he is, the opposite side of the aisle, like an Illinois Republican puckering up. This is what it sounds like when you've been corrupt for three decades. Number of key issues and drag it backward. Back in 2019, uh-huh. our colleagues on the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. Yeah, we're going to get far. We're going to get far with the representatives we send to fight the corruption in the Leviathan. We might have been better off hiring Feinstein's Chinese spy. Former FBI agent and KPIX5 security analyst Jeff Harp says he's not surprised. Think about Dianne Feinstein and what she had access to. You know, once she had access to the, the Chinese community here in San Francisco. Great amount of political influence. Two, Dianne Feinstein correct me if I'm wrong, still has very close ties to the intelligence committees there in Washington, D.C. Yeah, but at least she hired her spy. I think Mitch McConnell married the daughter of one. George in Naperville. Sean, these politicians live so long. Do they have a better health plan than the rest of us? Sure they do. They're not on that Obamacare nonsense. Not for them. In the meantime, I don't know what that concoction is, a formaldehyde B12 and some sort of Viagra, but it keeps them upright for a long time, doesn't it, Itchy Mitch? Found that over the previous five years, uh-huh. government shutdowns had cost the taxpayer nearly $4 billion. In a retirement home somewhere, Jimmy Carter is looking at him going, boy, is he old. 
Uh, Craig and Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Sure, thanks for making it. Yeah, I got like a two-fold kind of question. That, uh, I've seen on the internet that he said that uh, Trump was taken off of uh, the ballot. You saw it on days. what? You saw it on El Gore's internet? Something. It's is wrong. He has not been taken off ballots. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, because if that were the case, I would have thought that would have been one of the... Uh, uh, they, they put uh, on the internet that the Affordable Care Act was going to lower costs and make the quality of health care much, much better. That was on the internet. They also put on the internet that the ozone hole was going to break and we were going to freeze to death in the 70s. So let's uh, take it with a grain of salt there, Craig. You are exactly right, man. I shouldn't have been I shouldn't have been so uh, yeah. asleep at the wheel. All right. Yeah. Anyways, if they, would have, if they were doing that, there would have been like a three-dimensional chess move. They By the way, what, did you read on the internet that it was okay to buy a Ukrainian cell phone? What the hell are you talking to? I can barely hear you. We got to get him a new phone, for God's sakes. It's like the Zelensky special. Mitchell in displays. Hey, Sean, that interview you had with uh, Johnny uh, Russo was outstanding. Okay. Um, I read his books. And did you know that right before the Kennedy assassination, Frank Costello sends Russo to see Carlos Marcello in New Orleans? Allegedly. And he gives him an envelope. And he says, and he says, it's on. He sends Russo on some, like, random trip, okay, out of the country, and he's on a boat. And they find out that Kennedy's assassinated, and as everybody's exiting this particular boat, he sees Oswald on that actual boat. Okay, yeah. this is in his book. And he knows... All the tacit players that were involved, not only in you know, how movies were made, but he knows all what really happened with Operation 40. Yeah. you got to understand, Carlos Marcello and uh, one of the Oswalds and Jack yeah. Ruby were working with the CIA. Mitchell, at this, point, at this point, you do realize you're arguing with yourself. We were talking about the current circumstances, and I could also quote that the national debt way back then was about $17 billion, and in the meantime, back into the left. I'm not disagreeing with that. I get it. The government in conjunction with organized crime, which now is the government, is at the root of the Kennedy assassination. Okay. And they got him out of the way. And what happened? The government went crazy. But more importantly, what about the policy of peace that Kennedy subscribed to? What about low taxation? After all, Kennedy's tax plan is Reagan's. What happened to the Kennedy Democrat that used to be Donald Trump? What happened to the Democrat today? Well, now they support absolute destruction of the dollar and complete affirmative action stupidity, which is the best example is Shalanda Young, who couldn't get a job at a Starbucks insurance company. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says that he's not going to take a salary during the shutdown. Does the president plan to pause his salary also? Look, I'm glad that the speaker has made that statement. By the way, members of Congress have to get paid constitutionally. So, Yes, because what we're talking about is discretionary and non-discretionary. What we're stumbling over is the fact that the government wants to spend at its will in excess of six trillion dollars of funny money that was pumped out because the American people were told it had to be to curb a recession during covid. And we were warned by people who understood how government works that once the government kicks it out, it's always there. And that's why over 100 million Americans are now on welfare that were not prior to covid. Well, we've got a new study that forecasts 100 million people will be on Medicaid next year. And here's the thing. It comes from the Foundation for Government Accountability. They say this number includes 21 million who are not eligible because they earn too much money to qualify for welfare. So we're just letting it happen. 
We've seen this before, over and over again. We've seen people staying in public housing that make a half a million dollars in New York that are overstaying, and no one's saying that they're how to get them out of public housing. This is a absolute problem with the government. I gave the Golden Fleece Award. So now everyone is asking, what about immigration? Immigration! How could this be happening? And I keep reminding people. Kamala Harris, also known as Easy Peasy, or the czar of immigration. Kamala Harris took $1.5 billion, her first six months in office, went down to El Salvador, Nicaragua, great cigars, terrible policies, um, and Venezuela, just to name a couple, and also Mexico. And they paid these cartel governments. They paid them for what exactly? Now, we were told she was paying them so that they could keep their people there. Well, right after she left, massive amounts, hordes, dare I say, came to America. Why? Because once they get here, what we spend to keep them here, that also becomes part of our spending. So if guys like me and people like you say, hey, I know why you're spending so much money. It's COVID. They said, well, we're already spending it, and now we need it for immigration. That is what we're living through. So this problem is not organic. It is not a coincidence. It is exactly planned. And the spending, which will continue to destroy the American dollar, will put us just where these Marxists want us. Right with everybody else in these third world hellholes. And this way, their corrupt sewer cities can blend in. Isn't that right, fatso? Governor J.B. Pritzker added his voice to the search for solutions to house migrants in Chicago once the cold weather comes. And some advocate groups have set their sights now on a downtown building they think could work as a temporary shelter. We have team coverage tonight of the migrant crisis on the southern border and also here at home, beginning with CBS 2's Maribel Gonzalez. We have What's his name. What's his name? Why, why do you got to say his name with an accent? You're making me hungry. I want the, the green salsa. Green, not the red. Green to find a solution that works for the most amount of people and has the lowest amount of taxes, tax burden on all of us. And this building solves the problem. Roger Romanelli, coordinator from Hillside Neighbors Volunteers. Hillside Neighbors Volunteers. Roger Romanelli, 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 Romanelli. Now, I used to know real estate guys that were named Romanelli. Good looking son of a gun, the one guy. But they were real estate guys. This cannot be the fruit of their loins. Or a descendant, because if he were what Roger Romanelli, this particular knucklehead from Hillside is promoting, is the seizure of a property that was sold. Is talking about this building. 1.3 million square foot property known as the Thompson Center in downtown Chicago. Whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't the Democrats drive that down to a third of its once appraised value, then sell it to their insiders at Google? Now you want to take it back for the immigrants? I wonder if you're going to buy it back. You're going to get it back to that 300 million it was once worth before your Democrat policies destroyed a once great city and turned it into a ghetto. Ha ha ha! You don't fool me, you crooked bastards. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer. The Thompson Center. I could have swore it sold to Google. I distinctly remember it. I remember saying to myself, wasn't it worth like $300 million just four years earlier? Sure it was. But the minute this slob of a governor, this crooked as Grand Avenue, necklace slob of a man, became governor, all of a sudden it sold to Google. In a surprise deal, Google announced it will buy the building and expand its brand here in Chicago. Joni Lum has all the developments. 
Love it or hate it, the Thompson Center is going to be new and improved. Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lightfoot celebrated the final sale today with a surprise twist. The Thompson Center will be the new home to Google. In a special deal, the state will receive an amount equal to $105 million for the building. Now, I remember that number specifically. And I also remember this crooked bastard who doesn't know how to turn on a computer, but somehow is in the in the Internet business, all because of his brother who doesn't look anything like the Fred Flintstones. I really think he looked like a security guard. However, turns out Google and the Pritzkers have a long relationship, and he buys it for 1.5 to the state of Illinois. And he did that all with the, the tiny version of Brandon Johnson called Lori Lightfoot. But I remember what it was once valued at. Governor's decision to put the Thompson Center up for sale got the Morning Insiders curious. Yeah, the question is, is selling a prized possession like this really the way to balance the budget? Our Vince Gerasoli takes a look. Oh, you don't know when this is from? This is from when we had a pretend Republican who used to be a Democrat whose wife could sour milk called Bruce Raunier. Bruce Raunier is the governor. This was all a big scandal because he wanted to sell it. Wait till you hear the price, Squirrel. Inside the troubled history of a state office building. Since 1985, with its curved glass walls and towering atrium, the 17-story Thompson Centers looked like a spaceship that landed in the heart of the loop. But that was part of its intent. Welcome. Travel back in time to its unveiling, and you'll find banners proudly proclaimed like it Russia. was a building for the year 2000. To the this price. was an exciting development, and it was totally futuristic. It was sort of billed as a 21st century building. When it opened as the state of Illinois building, the great space inside and its floors of open offices were meant to pay tribute to transparency in government, yeah. the inspiration for architect Helmut Jahn. We had seven schemes. But you know what Helmut wanted to do, Squirrel? It had to be double pane glass. You know what the Democrats decided to do? Make it single pane. So what they did is they turned it into an, uh, a furnace and they froze in the winter. It was a dumb idea, but Democrats were in charge of it. Governor Bruce Rauner is dangling a shiny new carrot to try to persuade Mayor Rahm Emanuel to sign off on selling the Thompson Center. Back in 1985, the state of Illinois building opened with much fanfare, including the unveiling of a ribbon reading a building for year 2000. Get to the number. And now in 2017, Damn. most Damn. say it's past its prime. CBS2 political reporter Derek Blakely has more on a big real estate deal that's become an even bigger political deal. All sides view the once dazzling Thompson Center as a 16-story white elephant. It's highly inefficient. It's a terrible use of taxpayer dollars. With rusting pillars outside and tattered carpet and furnishings inside, it's estimated it would cost $300 million just to fix it up. $300 million to fix it up. You wanted to start to market it at $315 million. And in the meantime, one election goes by and you sell it to Google at a third of that price. Nice shooting, Tex. Randy, Naperville, educate me, brother. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey, Sean. Uh, you're trying to uh, describe that salsa. The you green. said green yeah. salsa? Yeah. Green salsa? I'm here to help. All right. That would be salsa verde. All I right. had some today for lunch. It was delicious. Okay? You know, Randy, I eat, I, I eat Mexican food three times a week. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. Have my yeah. whole. I'm from Melrose Park. I mean, I absolutely love it. And I know it's called Verde, but I like shouting to people that don't speak my language. Bring me the green one. I just like it. Thank you very much. I got a six sense of humor. Uh, in the meantime, I can spot a scam a thousand miles away. So it's worth three hundred million under one governor. Then another governor sells it to an insider at one hundred million. Now, if only we had, I don't know, like a federal bureau. 
of, uh, what's it called, squirrel? Oh, investigation. If only we had like an FBI that could look into the connection. But I, th- I think they were a quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's headquarters. And everybody from the guy who drives your car off to the guy who does your taxes knew for 50 years that Mike Madigan was the head of the short-in-the-pants Democrat mafia. All but the FBI. And in the meantime, right in front of you, in the news, JB, why can't I reach my crotch, sells a building to Google for a third of what it was valued four years prior. And Donald Trump's the one that goes to jail for, for real estate fraud? Huh? You scam artist Democrat rats. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I remember the first time I read something in the Federalist Society about my next guest. It was a very interesting article, but I realized at that point the expertise he has is really immense. Everything from economic espionage, white-collar crime, mergers and acquisitions, First Amendment issues, litigation, and uh, antitrust laws is really the specialty. And when I have a question about antitrust, I immediately want to reach out to our next guest. He is Robert Bork Jr., the president of Antitrust Education Project, and he also heads the Bork Group. How are you, Robert? Nice, Nice of you to join me. Thank you. I'm I'm great. Thanks for having me on. So it was last week, and I saw, uh, I believe it's a woman con, right, uh, from the FTC, Linda, or Lena? Lena Con. Lena. Yeah. Lena Con. And I saw her bring this case against Amazon. I'm of two minds on it, as I am on so many things when it comes to antitrust and the misuse and the intent. Where are we on this? Because Amazon, although... Uh, you know, massive and, and has a stronghold. Is it doing things wrong or is it providing a service for mom and pop stuff? So how do you interpret this case and what do you think will be the result of it? Wow. Okay. So first of all, uh, <laughs> uh, Lena Khan, for Lena Khan, suing Amazon is her white whale. It's her Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, uh, just a few years ago, in 2017, wrote an article in the Yale Law Journal when she was a student at Yale Law School called The uh, Amazon Paradox. And in that piece, and it's sort of relevant to today's lawsuit, uh, she said Amazon is, is undercutting prices. It's losing money in order to win market share, and it's, that's illegal. It's predatory pricing, yada, yada, yada. This lawsuit that she filed on Tuesday says, Amazon is ripping people off. They're charging too much money. They're raising prices illegally. They're a monopoly. And so, so which is it? Kind of, yeah. yeah, which is it? She, she flipped, and, uh, and maybe more ways than one. Uh, and uh, so, you know, she, said, so she says, you know, that Amazon is, is, is a monopoly. It hurts its rivals. It hurts sellers. And, selling, and it hurts the consumer. But the funny thing is, is that in her article again in, in, in law school, she, she was basically tearing down 
this thing called the Consumer Welfare Standard, which has been the operating system of American competition law, American antitrust law, for the last 45 years. And, and, and this administration has to. Joe Biden has said it's a failed experiment. Back to my father, it's, though, it probably motivated him. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But- uh, so, yeah, so it's not. And it's not true. And you, you, should, you should just know all this stuff about Amazon ripping people off and charging too much money. Amazon's, Amazon's prices are 13% lower than the other 12 major retailers. I am a big well. See, this is why I'm of two minds of it, right? We don't want we don't want anything that controls pricing, but I don't see Amazon's operation that way. In fact, Amazon has made more millionaires than any other real entity. They've forever changed the 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 retail business, and the convenience to the consumer is unbelievable. I mean, I, I absolutely love the the productivity of the company, and I say this being in small business, and I actually have had a product that. I tried to get onto Amazon, and at the time, it was uh, it's a product of organics, and it had a component of uh, what's called photocabinoid rich. It's a it's a derivative of the hemp plant, and it, it you know they were very stringent and strict on what they interpreted as CBD, and I understood it, so I didn't get my product on it, and I still appreciate what the vehicle is and what it's what a benefit to society it has been, in particular when you look at COVID. Right, right. And, and and when you mention that you you like Amazon, you appreciate Amazon, uh, you should know that in polling, poll after poll, Amazon is the second most trusted institution in America after the U.S. military. So uh, people like it. It provides the service that they want. It seems to provide it at a decent price. And 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 this is, I think, this lawsuit is uh, she's cleverly tried to pose as a consumer welfare advocate in this lawsuit, even though she hates consumer welfare as a, mm-hmm. as a basis of antitrust. Um, but her purpose is, is entirely political. And she this- filed this thing in Seattle, where there are nothing but uh, Biden appointee judges, although they did seem to find the one uh, senior status judge who, worked, who was appointed by George W. Bush. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I, I think this is going to be a, a very long slog for her and she'll probably even be out of office before it gets finished. I hope so, because they're government supremacists and they've, I, I've never been fooled by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that came out after the collapse under Barack Obama. I've always been aware that so many times the antitrust laws are a virtue shield, although well intended and, and great propaganda to the to the American people. The way that it works is to often bastardize and, and hamstring a very successful company that delivers value to the people. So how do we combat the way in which it has this phony virtue shield versus the way in which it works. Do we point to history? Do we point out standard oil? Do we talk about that? Or do we just let the, the, the perception of history go, go on? What do you think? Well, uh, it is history. The, 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 the abuse of, ant, of, of antitrust is history. And they're trying to bring, bring us back to that ancient, not, not so ancient time, 50, uh, 70 years ago, when, uh, when, Antitrust law was interpreted as trying to protect competitors from each other, rather than, as my father wrote in, the, in his book, The Antitrust Paradox, in 1978, uh, that it's really about protecting the consumer. It's about consumer welfare. If the consumer benefits from a business practice or an action or a merger or you know that sort of thing, then 
you should leave that alone and let and assume that the business knows what it's doing. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and not try to impose more regulation, more controls. I mean, this is the same crowd that attacked a company called Illumina that was trying to buy a company called Grail, which they had actually created and then spun off and then they were bringing it back in, that, cre- that had invented a, a test for cancer that could detect like 50 different kinds of cancer immediately. And they didn't want Illumina to buy it back, so they, they tried to block it. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, the, the, the amount of innovation that comes out of American business, American enterprise, and then these clowns want to squash that. And, you know, uh, at a time, at a time, of course, when the economy is like struggling, well, what, let's, let's destroy the generators of jobs and growth and prosperity. That's the intent, I think, because it, it's through that propaganda, that misrepresentation of reality, the government can backdoor nationalize everything from uh, mm-hmm. small industries to big, and that is always the goal of the government supremacist. And they have found clever ways to put lipstick on that pig of fascism, and that's why when you, you know it was your father's, it was this book. That was quite instrumental, along with others and other things I was reading as a young man, that really teaches you why America is the youngest and the richest country. The laws that really control business are always to be viewed through what's best for the consumer instead of what's best for the for the the producer and it's through that focus you could kind of interpret everything and it's why we should reject so much of what the government sells us and this is how i look at tariffs and i'm wondering do you view it the same way i think tariffs are a very terrible thing for the consumer yes and protectionism is never the answer no it's not i was in an earlier life i was a reporter and i covered international economics which meant covering uh tariffs and and trade and uh, and then I worked at the USTR at the U.S. Trade Representative's office. Uh, and no, the, the best thing is more freedom, not less. Of course. And, 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 and you know, there, sometimes it gets bumpy. But in the end, it's better for everybody. And that's how we should focus what we're experiencing right now. This is only a replay of what first happened to the big three in 1941 when the labor extortion mafia gained a foothold and what you see now and the calamity and the side effects. And all of this is really a result because we, the people, allowed uh, uh, this protectionism of companies that should have had to adjust to consumer and deliver product rather than protect jobs because they're really not real if they have to be protected with more cost of the consumer so what you see with the uaw strike the way i interpret it these companies went out of business decades ago and we're just pretending they're viable aren't we yeah i think you're right to a great degree Uh, a lot of these jobs really don't aren't necessary not that i want to see you know my fellow americans out of out of work but it's what this kind of action forestalls what needs to happen, which is to, you know, reshape and reform the economy and, and, and you know, allow innovation and people to find new and better jobs. And also, I got to say, it pushes the automation movement, you know, the automation business so that ultimately people are going to find there are no jobs because the companies would rather put a machine in instead of them. Well, Robert, too, what you do is you protect these labor extortion mafias. I mean, everybody knows yeah. what the UAW is. They robbed their people $70 million over just the last 16, 17 years. Nobody wants to look for that money. Every five years, their heads go on, go on vacation to jail for misappropriating funds, for buying cars and vacations and paying for girlfriends' houses. This should all be by the wayside. Because what we have to recognize, if it's not real, if it's not providing a service, then it's welfare. 
whether you call mm-hmm. it corporate welfare in Wall Street, which exists and you and I both know it, or whether you pretend it's blue collar welfare, which is what these labor extortion mafias really promote. Well, Why it, are so many yeah. people afraid to discuss this? They're afraid. You see it. Republicans are terrified to discuss this. Yeah, they, Republicans are. Democrats don't, obviously don't want to. Uh, and the point you make is, is true, even about these lawsuits. You know, the, the, the Justice Department suit against Google. Who's behind that? Microsoft is behind that. You know, there's yeah. a thing called rent seeking, which I'm sure most of your listeners haven't heard of. But it basically means competitors going to Washington and trying to get the government to punish your competitor. So that's what the Google case is, is Microsoft and others pushing the Justice Department to sue Google, try to bust up Google. And, and, and there's the same thing is going on in, in, the, uh, in the Amazon case. Competitors want to see Amazon kneecapped, um, which is, I, my opinion, it's a shame because they, they innovate and they, you know, they, they make our lives Look better. at what they've done. And just, you know, you and I are lucky enough to remember what life was like before Amazon. But here's something I find you know, somewhat controversial, as, as not a lot of people are willing to talk about it. But those are always the things I like to talk about, right? So when you realize what they've done, they've partaken in this way in which lawyers have, have created an entire section of an economy called lobbying that have pretty much legalized a pathway to every kind of corruption, whether it be corporate or whether it be through unions or whatever the case is. And no one really argues against that because Amazon also employs a lot of the, the relatives of senators, of congressmen. I want to say Schumer's daughter uh, was a lobbyist directly working for Amazon and the rest of it. If we could, as a people, reject this legalized pay-to-play scheme that would make a Chicago Democrat blush, we might get ahead of the curve. But why is it, do you think, so many Republicans buy into the more money into into lobbying, more money into into paying for politicians, hoping to get some ad revenue back or something? Why, why is it you think they're unwilling to have the conversation? Is it because they think their fellow American isn't intellectual enough to understand it and will just get mad at them? Probably so. Uh, but I would say... That of course, that uh, if you once you go to Washington, it's all about raising money, and uh, the money comes from uh, you know corporate America and unions and uh, uh, those, those you know those who can uh, those who can try to buy influence. And uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for a lot of politicians. Some of them even are Democrats. Gosh, I said that out loud. I can't yeah. believe that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't have any that are still alive. I might have in the seventies yeah. and eighties, but not about now. But go ahead. Yeah, but you know, it's I, I see a change in those people. Friends of mine who go into politics, and I see a change in them. They ha- they have to fit into the system, you know. And and it's a machine in Washington where you, leadership in both houses of Congress tells them how to what they have to do and how they have to behave, and shows them, you know, where the spigot is and how to turn it on because they they need to raise so much money to run again in two years or six years. I'm amazed at the levels of dollars we're talking about it. The idea of what this country has become, how bankrupted we are when you look at the debt and the spending bill and this this nonsense of pretending we're going to shut down government and change the trajectory. But when I, I saw things pass like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, I said this this is this failure. This corruption will be so obvious, even Democrats won't be able to to hide from it. But yet here it sits. And it grows and the budget grows and the power grows and the monopoly has grown to where what do you really have? Five or six companies that are are where 35 used to be. And do you think the American people 
are, are waking up to it at this level of failure, or do you think it's going to take more? I think people have too much other stuff going on in their lives. Most people, yeah. you know, just trying to put food on the table, get their kids through school, uh, get to retirement. They, they don't think about a lot of this. I'm not, I'm not trying to say they're, they're ignorant or stupid or anything. I'm just saying life is hard. There's lots to do. And, and, and they, they, they depend too much on Washington. There's too much depending on dependence on yeah. Washington. And uh, I, you know, about on the other hand, there are people who take advantage of that in Washington. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to continue to refer to unions as a labor extortion mafia. I'm going to continue to refer to Democrats because what they did to my once great city, now a hub of corruption, is the short in the pants mafia. You feel free to write about this in your new book because I love when you write things. Where can the people go to monitor your articles and your opinion? Go to antitrusteducationproject.org. And we're also on Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's at antitrust. Uh, I want you to write how this guy was backed in, forced into buying something that under due diligence he discovered was lying about the the, the value in the asset. I cannot believe that a guy of that level, of that wealth, got forced into buying something that now he doesn't even use the name, let alone any of the platform. It's amazing to me how it it just negates the, the principles of due diligence, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know something? I just call it Twitter. All right. Nobody else calls it X, but he's supposed yeah. to do. I can't. Yeah, I'm not going to call it X. It's all things very confusing, but I do love the Asperger's. It's my favorite name of any diseases, although Tourette's is my favorite disease. <laughs> thank you very Robert Burke Jr., thank you very much. Talk to you again. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. <laughs> A lot of skullduggery going on, and they're all supposed to be representing we the people. However, we the people are funding this nonsense. So many of us don't even understand exactly what we're funding. Spending plans, spending bills. Nine trillion dollars, and you guys don't, you can't figure this out? No debt ceiling limits for one and a half years. Everyone thinks this is a debt ceiling issue. It is not. It is about discretionary spending and all it takes to throw a wrench into the mechanism is one congressman adding one more project let's see how they get along shall we mr chairman i I request unanimous consent to enter an article into the record dated january 6 2019 a member of this own committee the day after she was sworn in came into congress uh, and this article says, Dem split in response to her words, impeach the mother effer the day after she was sworn in. Some might even say these kinds of comments, not only are they hypocritical by the left in their arguments today, but that this is an embarrassment to the time and people of this country. Thank you. And that's what's funny is that we're hearing, do we have grounds for an impeachment inquiry? Grounds. We've got actual bribes from the Communist Party wired to the crack-smoking son using the vice president's address. Ta-da! What do I got to wait for? I got to wait? In the meantime, one thing you have to give credit to for the Democrats, they impeached Trump twice for guts on goal. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Without objection, so ordered. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm, I'm afraid my friend, the gentleman from South Carolina, just engaged in personalities against a fellow member of the committee. Well, what she the, entered in the record was, I believe it was Ms. Tlaib's, 
Well, there was a commentary that accompanied it, it that I'm referring to. It was from January 6, 2018. Dems right. in response to impeach yeah. the it. mother it, effer comment by a member of this committee. Right. It was the commentary. And in any event, it doesn't make any no, difference. No, she said it. She actually Ru- said it. No, but Rule 17. She said impeach the mother effer. The commentary of the, what she is presenting. The article Her, title the, is the gentle lady's in commentary. I like when AOC helps. Shows you how useless she is when she's opening her mouth. All right, all right, let, let, let's, let's get on with it. Right. I mean, That's you know, the, the government's the about article, to shut Mr. down. Okay? Right. Let's Chair. get on with it. The government's about Order. to shut down. What you have here is a vendetta against one man. So when I get calls that say Trump is being taken off the ballot, it wouldn't shock me whether it's true or not. There is an effort to take away this guy's money. One of the most fascinating things about this is the issue that we discussed about the Google property called the Thompson Center. And what Donald Trump is supposedly guilty of. I still find this fascinating. We have more on the blockbuster ruling against former President Donald Trump. A state judge said Trump lied for years about how he inflated his earnings and the value of his real estate holdings. And now Trump could lose control of properties like Trump Tower. CBS 2's Jessica Moore. Now, how are you going to lose control? You're not in default. Any agreement you made with anybody that's going to lend you anything on your property. If you do not default the terms, how can that property even have a, a, a process of law called a foreclosure, let alone the government being able to take your property between you and an entity, you're making your payments, you haven't defaulted, and somehow the government can take possession away? And what happens to the money that's made? Who gets to make the decisions about maintenance? Our government that cannot stay in the parameters of $9 trillion dollars. If it's one entity that should never be in charge of anything, it's the United States government. Is here with more Jessica. Well, Dick and Dana, the ruling found the Trump organization liable for persistent fraud and effectively ordered the dissolution of a swath of his company. Today, a former vice president of the Trump organization is speaking out, saying she witnessed the Trump family in action. You know who she is? She's a woman that behind her during the interview has a book behind her say Trump lies. So it's easy to get a never-Trumper scum. You could just go to an Illinois Republican meeting, and you could find them there. Go to an Illinois Republican ex-head who's now a lobbyist scum. You could find them there on WGN with uh, Boris Karloff's illegitimate forest preserve baby called Paul Lisnick. When's Paul Lisnick Day? Oh, the same day as Juneteenth. I love that. That's my favorite part of it. In the meantime, you're talking about taking away property that is not in default. An outrageous act that normally should be rejected by everybody who believes in the principle of property rights. But this is why it's crucially important that you, the Trump supporter, understand you are the target. Do you hold your property in an LLC or a trust? Have you thought of what the government is doing to arguably one of the most successful people in the country because they don't like his opinion? He is not in default. I want you to listen to this. Inflating the value of properties. He lied. We'd sell an apartment for a million dollars. He'd say we sold it for three. Former Trump Organization Executive Vice President Barbara Rez says she saw Donald Trump's alleged... He, 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 we'd sell an apartment for a million dollars. He'd say we set, sold it for three. Who did he say it to? Did he say it to some bum drying a car off? Did he say it to the IRS and not pay taxes? Who did he say it to? You see the accusations of fraud are just that accusations we have right here in chicago illinois the example of fraud new owner will pay for the renovations in heating cooling and other structural improvements the state will not be obligated to buy back any office space several administrations have tried oh, to. oh and then you know what happened his sister 
while working for Barack, who likes him big and round, bought buildings. And as the Commerce Secretary, signed leases to buildings she owned. That's Penny Pritzker. And when it comes time to pay taxes, do they talk about what the property's really worth or what they want to pay taxes on, like short in the pants Ed Burke and Mike Madigan's pretend law firms? I'm getting sick and tired of what's happening right before our eyes here. Fraud play out firsthand. She'd say that um, he had these parquet wood floors, especially they were crap. Last September, New York Attorney General Letitia James unveiled a civil lawsuit against the former president. James laid out a case that Trump and his sons, Don Jr. and Eric, misrepresented properties by hundreds of millions of dollars for years in order to secure favorable loans, insurance deals, and tax breaks. Yesterday, a- so what? So what? Who has to go along with that are the people who are lending the money, the insurers. And then what you idiots don't understand is intangible value. You see, like the Thompson Centers. It was put together by a a famous architect by the name of Helmut, who I believe was killed on his bicycle without a Helmut on. (laughs) Ha ha, funny. In the meantime, it has an intrinsic value. It was for another forest preserve dweller. I believe he was Governor Thompson. And it was the Thompson Center. But more importantly, it used to be worth... 300 million. We have a very portly governor who cannot seem to wash his crevasses on his own without the help of a third world slave who sold it underhandedly to an Internet entity called Google that he has a long term relationship with for a third of the value. And that's legal. But paying off debts that a lender agreed to and not being in default somehow gets your property in default. I'd like to see how uh, our own governor still holds that mansion he didn't pay taxes on. State judge sided with James and skewered Trump's defense team for relying on, quote, bogus arguments rooted in a fantasy world. In a pretrial hearing today, Judge Arthur Engeron said, quote, obviously, in my opinion, the contour of the case has changed significantly since yesterday. Your opinion isn't law, you fascistic pig, you moron Democrat, you idiot who lets once great areas wallow into ghettos like New York, New Jersey, Chicago. Pick one. In the meantime, your argument is inflated property. Why don't you talk about the reality of policies and what you've done to once great cities? It's currently unoccupied and was acquired by a developer called the Prime Group in 2022. Google says it plans on buying the space upon renovations and move in in 2026. I want you to keep an eye on this. Because what will happen is the state will buy it back at an inflated price. Google will make a fortune and then give a kickback to Democrat politicians who made it happen. And why? Why will it all happen? Oh, the virtuous immigrant. Who doesn't have to pay for guts on ghoul? Gainer Hall live at City Hall with details on this discussion. Gainer. Yeah, Pat and Lourdes, emotions once again running high at the city council committee meeting with questions over how the city is balancing the urgent needs of new arrivals with the long-term needs of communities. It'll become like an illegal alien Section 8 housing, like Cabrini Green without the je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. Yes, I know what it means, squirrel. 
Je ne sais quoi. It's kind of a quality without an easy description. It can't be named. Kind of like Kamala Harris, able to find her undergarments in the back of an El Dorado night circa 1994 without turning on the interior light to make the other Forest Preserve parking assets aware of exactly who's in the car, Willie Brown. See what I mean? Je ne sais quoi. Brad, Crystal Lake. Yes. Hi, Sean. Yes. How are you? Splendid. How are you? Doing great. Just calling in regard to the refugees that, you know, when we had We COVID, prefer we were illegal aliens together. or Sinaloa cartel members. Go ahead. Yeah, so we were all in this together for COVID, and they were going to open up McCormick Place with all these nice little cubicles and beds. How'd that go? And so why won't they do this for the refugees? Well, you know what I like about that McCormick Place scandal? I like the money that was spent on cell phones. Do you remember that? J.B. Pritzker spent like $140,000 on cell phones that nobody had it could find. They were like Joe Biden Iraqi houses. Nobody could find them. And in the meantime, who owned the cell phone store? And what do you think his political contributions were? You see, it's all all a game, Brad. The people are just useful idiots. The ramifications, we pay for it. And then when all else fails, blame us for not allowing spending to continue. That, to me, is the sickest part of it all. But there's another sick aspect to it. There are actual people being harmed by the policies of controlled demolition of the Democrat mafia. No one thinks of the people who are harmed by the scum that need to be controlled that the so-called government is turning back out onto the streets. On Monday, September 25th, a tech CEO named Pavel Pair, who's 26, was found on the rooftop of her luxury apartment building in Baltimore, dead. After a two-day manhunt, Jason Billingsley, who is 32, was arrested at a train station in Bowie, Maryland. And he has quite the rap sheet, actually. He was convicted of a sex crime in 2013, was giving a 30-year sentence for it, for first-degree sex offense. He was let out in October on parole, and then he was connected to a case on September 19th, which is last Tuesday, which he violently raped another woman, as well as handcuffed and duct taped a man and a woman, the same woman that he raped, and then set them on fire, as well as their apartment. And they were hospitalized along with a child with smoke insulation, I believe. And so he's now been arrested. He was wanted on charges of first-degree murder, as well as assault and a few others, but they had not officially announced what they have officially charged him with as of today. They are looking to get him life without parole when they go to trial for this. Too little, too late. Life without parole. You put him away in 2013. You turned him out on the street. He raped at least two women. Tried to burn alive a couple. And that was just over the weekend. And you're telling me he's the one who deserves attention? It's kind of like turning over benefits to people who break the law for the very first thing. And nobody wants to talk about it. What do you mean you come here with your new shoes and your new phone? And you get off the bus like you're at Disney World and I have to entertain you? I don't think so. As a New Yorker, uh, given the border crisis that we're having and, and the, the, the immigration crisis that this, that this state is having and what seems to be a standoff, frankly, between the, both the mayor and the governor and now the administration, how do you see that playing itself out? Do you think that the governor should be asking for more? Do you think that, that uh, she should be declaring a state of emergency? Well, I think that uh, President Biden in granting temporary protected status for Venezuelan refugees has taken an important step forward. We believe that... Now, that's the same Venezuelan squirrel that the Chicago Teachers Union just eight years ago said was the model for really the education of children in a society. Oh, really? 
Well, then why are they all running? Communist sympathizing bastards. I'm uh, in New York currently uh, under the care of the city of New York are anywhere between 15,000 and 30,000 Venezuelan uh, migrants who are eligible to work while they are waiting a decision on their asylum application. And when I've talked to people, both members of organized labor and members of the business community, they've said that there are labor shortages and that these uh, refugees who now have work authorizations can provide assistance and meet unmet needs. You know why there's a labor shortage, don't you, Squirrel? You know why there's a low labor shortage? Because we, after COVID, have 100 million Americans on welfare that weren't. After the pandemic, because 18 percent, 18 percent of the unemployment benefits, some hundred and sixty billion dollars during the pandemic were paid fraudulently to people. And no one's gone to try to get that money back. Yeah, that's no. What they're fighting to do is keep that money in the system so they can buy more votes. And they don't care if they're immigrants. They don't care if they're welfare Democrats. And they don't care the ramifications of the once great cities like Chicago, New York. New Jersey, or anywhere they touch. They've got us right where they want us, in the position of solving their problems, in the sense of an emergency in which they profit and we lose. That's the point. I mean, there's a lot of fraud in these pandemic programs, right? We have people buying luxury cars, trips to Las Vegas, vacations to the Bahamas, you know, mansions and houses with this pandemic money that was stolen. And now this, there's even more fraud that's feared to be coming with Biden's $400 billion student loan bailout. Now, what do you think a condo is going to go for at the Thompson Center? I said the green salsa. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so My next guest, when you hear him talk, I want you to realize exactly his credentials. Received his master's degree from the University of Chicago, an MBA in finance from the Wharton School. Spent many years in the financial world in control of balance sheets that were very, very impressive, very important. Citibank in Poland, also working in Mexico, so he understands corruption. In the meantime, he wants to save Illinois. When I was first introduced to him, he was at the Illinois Policy Institute. He's now at wirepoints.org. He is the president of wirepoints.org. He is Ted Dabrowski. Ted, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. But I I want to say one thing. We've learned that uh, a lot of uh, college degrees mean nothing these days. So, uh, yeah. Ted, you know what I used to do when I was at the Mercantile Exchange and a guy would come down in his new red broker jacket and he would say, I just, you know, he just came from the East Coast. I didn't care where it was. Be all excited that he had his, his degree. I used to call the girl I was dating at the time and tell her, pick out something real expensive. We're going to take this guy on a good old-fashioned ride. And it was fun to watch because the way it works in reality versus how it works in college is two different worlds. But how it works in Illinois is a third world. This is a ridiculous third world corrupt political system that destroys the quality life for the educated, the undereducated, and anybody that actually is tethered here. Is that not true? 
Hey, Sean, you know, some people might think, say you're being hyperbolic about saying third world. But, you know, I, as you mentioned, I, I did work in Mexico. I worked in Poland right after the wall came down. And you, you learn a lot about what, what corruption looks like. And there's all kinds of corruption. And what was fascinating to me was, was you know, corruption in Mexico was, you know, was the, the, the little police guy stopping you for something and shaking you down for, for 20 pesos. Uh, you know, all illegal stuff, but they do it. In Illinois, it's all it's all legal corruption. Yes, right. So they, they know how to take your money. It's all legal. It all works. But uh, you feel like you're being had. You know what's funny is the way in which that so many of them get rich with their pretend law firms, and what they specifically specialize in is property valuations and taxation. Right. That's how the law partners of aldermen and morons who who, who pretend to be the head of the state for thirty plus years. And their law partners are all worth $100 million is because they have a system in place that through their very presence, people get special dispensation and pay a drastically reduced cost of taxation. Well, the entire rest of us pay a tremendous amount more. Now, what most people don't understand is it specifically goes to commercial real estate. When you look at commercial real estate around Illinois, is there ever been a more obvi- obvious example of why Democrat leadership should never be implemented in major areas. Well, what's fascinating is, is as you mentioned, every time that those big, big uh, high rises or uh, you know, massive commercial buildings get a cut because, you know, a guy like Madigan or, you know, all those guys, you know, when they give those cuts to, to the commercial properties, guess who has to make up the difference? It's residential homes. Yeah. And they, uh, this is what people don't know, right? It's like, it's like pushing on a balloon. If you push on it, it goes in, but it's coming out somewhere else. And, and, and those monies that are being saved by the big corporations are, are being paid by ordinary people in other, in other houses or small businesses who don't have the lawyers to, to get the big cuts. In fact, what I saw in the news recently is that Trump is being taken to task in Chicago because they want to go after him of his hotel and, uh, and the rest of it to the river pollution and all kinds of tax dispensation. The reality is Donald Trump doesn't own that. He sold it right after he built it. But anything with his name on it, ironically now, is a target to draw attention away from the real scandal, which is when Donald Trump was a regular citizen, how he was buying Rahm Emanuel. He was buying Ed Burke, and they were cutting him these sweetheart deals. Why is it that the people have been so unable to follow the bouncing ball of Chicago mafia, also known as the Democrat Party corruption, specifically when it comes to the destruction of the value of the most important asset most people have, their real estate? You know, I, I'd say, you know, I'd say the reason why, uh, Sean, is because it's, if it was just that, if it was just real estate or something, people would figure it out. But it's the whole system, right? And we see that across. This is why we have so many school districts and units of government and, and the media is complicit. So many parts of, of Illinois. And that's why, that's why it's not wrong to call it in many ways a third world country. So many parts of the system either feed from the trap or they're complicit in it. And therefore, People can't figure out what goes on because it's kind of hard to believe that this happens in America. But when you start to understand property values, and we're going to talk about that right now, when you find out that, that home values in Illinois are the worst performers of the last 20 years in America, you know, there has to be a, a question, why? Why are we last? And then why do we have the second highest property taxes in the country? And it's all connected, of course. So let me get this straight. The worst in the country over the last 20 years. Let's go over some of the numbers for the people. Sure thing. So what we did is we, we, we go to the U.S. Census Bureau, right? So it's not wire points making up stuff. 
but we, we know where to go find the data and analyze it and, and crunch mm-hmm. it. So the U.S. Census Bureau tracks home values across the country. Mm-hmm. And so we lined up all 50 states. We looked at home values starting in 2000. Right? Let's, let's look at the turn of the century. It's a good starting point to 2022, the latest data. And when you lay all 50 states out across, you know, Illinois is the worst. After taking account for inflation, in 22 years, home values have risen just 13%. That's it. Bottom in the country, 13%. Houses barely kept up with the value of inflation over those 22 years. And the inflation that, rate in the inflation rate in our in our in our country over the last 20 years is it 46 or 52 percent? Yeah. So so you can see what's happened, right? It's just eaten into the value, and uh, we're last. So so people think about this. It's, a lot of people have their nest egg in their homes. I mean, a lot of this is where a lot of people have their retirement money, and it's it's hasn't grown in 22 years. Well, and, and that's what's really unfair. Ted, when you were talking, I just pumped up the, the, the database, the, the, the government, BLS.gov, inflation calculator. $100 in the year 2000, which is when you did this this from, this uh, Illinois real estate. $100 in the year 2000 has the same buying power of $181.89. So what that means yeah. is if your house that you paid $100,000 for is not worth today, $181,000. Uh, $890. You didn't even break even, did you? That's right. That's right. And so what it says is that we barely, we overall on average, we're just a little bit above inflation. But I want to compare that to, you know, to these, these uh, Southern states that, you know, have such problematic, you know, right. They're horrible people and all that. Uh, Texas and Florida, they, they've grown by a hundred percent. Yeah. So Illinois, 13%, Texas, Florida, a hundred percent. And then, and then those crazy people in Idaho, 140%. A hundred. So, so oh, look at them. Yeah. So the, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. essence, there, there's only a couple of states that even kept up with the devaluation, the, the, the destruction of our dollar called inflation. There's only a handful of states. But yet those states seem to have one common denominator, all except for one. And this is the interesting part most people don't realize about California. The only reason California isn't in the mix with Illinois and the rest of it is California implemented something in the 70s of a property tax freeze in which they cannot have their property taxes increase. So they eliminated this this political corrupt sector where politicians can be lawyers and have a tax business on the side, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they have other problems, right, Sean? So that's we true. have to be careful not to not to credit that too much. But uh but yeah the whole point is that you know, we are last and, and you know for those there's a few guys, you know, like Sean Thompson or or uh, Dan Proft who can afford to sell their Illinois home and buy a Florida home. But but think about it, if you wanted to sell your home right now in Illinois you don't have a big gain over the last 20 years. And no. then if you want to move to Florida, it's way up there. So you're, you're kind of screwed, right? Because you can't, you can't flip. Um, of course, you could go the other way, but who, you know, not, not many people are leaving Florida. To, to no, and that's, that's the opposite of the golden handcuffs, right? It's, it's, it's the ball and chain that, unfortunately, I own property that can't keep up with the destruction of my currency. And you just keep digging, and it reminds me of that old expression, you know, when you find yourself in a hole, put down the shovel. But when you own real estate, in, a, in, a, in an area that's controlled by corrupt politicians who offset the cost of that corruption on real estate, you don't have a choice. I mean, the reality is this is an amazing statistic. You put it forward in wire points. You use the U.S. Census Bureau information. I'm assuming this is picked up on ABC, NBC, CBS, and WGN. Let's not forget WGN and their political commentator who looks like Boris Karloff. Am I correct? 
Oh yeah, it's all over, right? No, and what's you know, of course not. And, and what's fascinating is that you know we 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 taught you know Pritzker in 2020. He gave this big state of the state speech, and and he suddenly sounded reasonable for one second. And he said that he said it in his own words, property taxes are simply too high. He said we can change it to the law to support local governments and lower property taxes. It's time to consolidate and eliminate governments. He said all that. He's done zero. And I, it's actually not right to say he's done zero. Whatever he's done has actually made things worse and taxes go higher. So he's failed on that nearly four years on. He's, he's failed to meet his promises on that. Well, oftentimes the cost of everything gets gets diverted into bureaucracies that are loyal to the Leviathan, foot soldiers. So municipalities, workers, they get the sweetheart deal. They want people, they have people who are who want that deal. And those are the supporters of corruption. One of the most interesting things I found in your article is that Illinois has nearly 7,000 local governments. We're number one in the nation for that, too, aren't we? Oh, and by far, right, by far. So that, And we're talking about taxing governments, right? So just, these are not like just like some silly little government things. These are you know, governments that can raise taxes on you. And so you know, the more governments you have, um, and, you know, let's be clear, I like local government. I, I much prefer decisions to be made at my school board, at my local city, right? I want that. But what you find in Illinois is that you have all these duplicative governments that are overlapping, uh, and so they're, they're, they're wasteful. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of the ways that you build armies, right? Because each one of these governments have bureaucracies. Oh, yeah. They have their heads, they have their accountants and their bookkeepers and their whatever. And so this is how you build an army of voters for the government. They support, of course, the pensions. They support workers' rights amendment. They support uh, you know, anything that's pro-labor. Yes. And higher taxes, of course, because they benefit. Well, this is the model of all government supremacists. So it made uh, complete sense to me that uh, J.B. Pritzker would cozy up with the most successful communist entity on the planet called China. And that kind of explains the deal with Goshen. Let's go into just a little bit of what the jobs for Illinoisans. What is the breakdown per job? How much does it cost the people of Illinois to pretend that Goshen is a capitalist uh, company and a real benefit to Illinois versus a political pay-to-play Ponzi scheme. Yeah, so to be clear, so Goshen is a electric vehicle battery maker, and you know Pritzker's been around the world selling the selling the point that he wants us to be the you know the green the green state of the of the world. Yeah, and so he finally landed. He was he was over eighteen uh, in trying to attract these investments, and finally he landed. Well, he landed a Chinese company. And it's not just a Chinese company, but it's a Chinese company with TCP ties, strong ties. And if you look at all the documents, you can see that. And now, were the Chinese mesmerized by JB a little bit, like the first time one of those Indian fellows sees an elephant? Were they just astonished? And how did JB Pritzker fit into those tiny bathrooms with the paper walls? Do you have a photograph? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about right. that part. Right. Um, we'll have so, to find that. Go ahead. What happened with the so, Goshen numbers? Right. And so, so, so here's what's fascinating. So we attract this company, Goshen. Uh, they're going. They say they're going to invest two billion dollars in a plant. So the plant is going to cost two billion. But it turns out we're going to give them over eight billion dollars in in federal and in state tax subsidies to create twenty six hundred jobs. Now, if you do the math, if you do the math, and that's the a six billion math, dollar loss. You know, just the back of the envelope, Melrose Park yeah. math. But it's got to be even steeper, right? Yeah. Well, it's three million dollars for every job they, they put in here. Three. So we're going to pay. So, so rather than just coming in and investing like any good company would do, like any, you know, any, any entrepreneur who puts his own money in, right? They, they, he doesn't get like free money from the government. Um, here we're giving them tons of money to do it. 
uh, $3 million per job. And, and it's not only that, it's, it's a Chinese company that, that hasn't been vetted properly from everything we've seen. And, and Pritzker doesn't want to talk about it. He starts calling people xenophobes and MAGA Republicans. Uh, mm. when, when people in, in Mantino, Illinois, a town of 9,000 people, they deserve to know who the hell is investing in their, in their town, who approved it, who, who is that investor, and what was the vetting process? Well, in fact, there's also some, some ecological disasters attached to this company. In fact, out of California, we have entire towns where property values have been driven into the dirt, pun intended. But because the ramifications of having this phony technology, which is really antiquated uh, in, the, in the so-called EV batteries, it actually destroys the water in the area. It destroys the quality of land. And, and, and this is going to be where there was once farms, right? I mean, is this on a septic system? Theoretically, this could be a big ecological disaster, could it not? I mean, that's not on the level of Nord Stream 2, but it's got to be up there. Well, I think, Sean, but, but I do know what it, what it deserves, and that's a, a serious vetting. And, and the people of Mantino should know all about it because that's where they live. And instead, uh, you know, they're just being shoved on it and shoved, you know, shoved down their throat. And, you know, they want answers. And so, um, you know, on Monday, there's going to be a, a board meeting, uh, the city board meeting, and there's going to be a... Uh, press conference down there. We're going to be down there to, to try to expose what's happening. But it's uh, it's scary because you know, we all want jobs. Nobody wants to push away jobs. But you sure as hell don't want to you know get jobs and 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 nah. one give give away give away tons of money and then also screw with your national security. And third, you know what are the, what are the environmental impacts? So yeah, all those are all those are great questions. You don't need an MBA from the University of Chicago to figure out this. These aren't jobs. These are not jobs. These are subsidized uh, positions of corruption. The entire fracking thing is made up. And any time a company says, I'll be in there, I'll give you $2, but you give me 8 back, there seems to be a, a, a problem of thievery. I'm, I'm just disgusted, Ted, because I, I've been watching you for years. You've been putting up the fight. You've been putting out the information. And I can count on my hand. How many times these fat asses at ABC who have hips like Amish women, like Chuck Gowdy, ever even do an investigation into this story? It is what's mind boggling to me is the lack of interest by people who profess themselves to be reporters. And none of this could go on unless the, the media was running cover for this kind of corruption. That's the only explanation for it, isn't it? Well, it's that. And, you know, you have to remember, I, this is always interesting to me. If you think about how much Governor Pritzker spent on his campaigns, you know, across all campaigns, right? Not just his two gubernatorial campaigns, but, you know, he paid for Bailey's campaign. He paid for the, uh, you know, amendments, right? Uh, he paid for the progress. Think about how many, you know, hundreds of millions he spent. And a lot of that is spent in the media companies. Yeah. So, you know, in Think a about way, his legacy, his entire, how about Penny Pritzker as the Commerce Secretary, yeah. the scandal of acquisitions of real estate. She then signed five and 15 and 20-year leases with, I mean, it's open and notorious, Ted. You know, I, I, I'm a moron real estate broker. And uh, anybody can find this out. It's the information is there. I'm just amazed at the lack of interest by my fellow American who just doesn't care. Well, you know, there's there's more and more people learning, and uh, you know, we like to say that if you if you look at if you look across America, you're starting to see a decent amount of of comeback, a decent amount of pushback. Not nowhere what we need, right? That we yeah. still need to get much more engagement. And in Illinois, we're way behind. We're way behind. And well, what's fascinating is is you know, Illinois is probably the most screwed up state in the country when you look at the crime. When you look at the education results, when you look at the out migration, when you look at these property taxes we just talked about in home values, and yet we're not we're not awake yet to to no. you know the crimes are, that are being you know enforced on us. So 
we have a ways to go. Yes, and I can't wait for you to break the story on Tony Resco's son, who acquired a lot of real estate while the old man was in jail. Never missed a beat, the Tony Resco Real Estate Company. I wonder if they're tied in with the Table of Wisdom LLC. Could you do a little research on that for me? Yeah, all right. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. He is Ted Dabrowski. It is wirepoints.org. It is essential that you go to this site. The information, the data, the fact that this site provides for the Illinoisan is a true blessing. And please support wirepoints, wirepoints.org. Thank you, Ted. We'll be back with your calls Thanks. and comments. Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. I'm sorry, did I hear during the break that the Chicago Public Schools need $14 billion to be rehabbed? It seems like a lot. Did you know, Squirrel, I had a friend of mine who's dead now. Uh, moron. Real scallywag, but a Democrat uh, when we were kids. But he really never voted. He just worked the all the angles and the skullduggery. He was a plumber, half-assed plumber. And they have a, a contract rule in Chicago. If you have to fix something, but it's not over $10,000, you pretty much can get it done, and they give you the check. So these guys would go pour liquid Drano down the drain and charge a guy 8000 School district, he kicked back two to the guy who gave him the job. That's the Chicago public school system. So out of that $14 billion, that means $2 billion will get floated back. Mark in Libertyville. Sean, how are you? I'm all right, brother. How are you? But as much as I like hearing you, I was a little disappointed. The intro music was a little Led Zeppelin when the levee breaks. I was just starting to get into it, and then you broke in. Sorry, babe. They have to, you know, it's a, I, I, get, I get aggravated. Cool. I only got 20 minutes left. I can't believe how fast the freaking week went. I had to miss a couple days due to a family obligation. Very upset. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Hey, brother, you made me happy because here I am driving, and you said Mark from Libertyville, and I thought, you know what? My family and I are no longer Libertyville residents. Ooh, look at you. Where are you? Where did you relocate? John, uh, Texas. Wow. You got yourself yeah, a hat? John, we, we, fi- we finally closed the door and left the dumpster fire behind us in December. You know, I, I had a fr- tell you, yeah, uh, Sean. Uh, every day is glorious. I'm telling you, I, I'm listening to you because I'm actually back in the dumpster fire as we speak. Well, you know, you could listen to me on the app. You could do all kinds of things. You don't have to lose the listenership. However, I will say this, Mark: you're right, you're a, right. guy, a guy from uh, the Elmer Cigar House, who I became very good friends with, very smart guy, and did very well, and. Right when COVID started, he's like, I see where this is going. I'm getting out of here. He went down to Texas. Since he went down there, his house has tripled in value. It's very similar to Florida. And every once in a while, I'll hear from him. And he's like, the quality of, I said, I know. I'm trying to tell Illinoisans that feeling you carry around with you, where you know you're the victim, you're the pigeon. It doesn't have to be. Now, some people can't leave, right? I have a very strong family ties here through my wife's family. And I love them dearly. That doesn't mean you have to go down with the ship. Offset. I don't care what it is. Buy a buy a condo. Buy a one bedroom. Whatever. Just realize the writing's on the wall. The politicians are going to bankrupt you. They don't give a rip about property values because they got a tax system that just pays them regardless of what they do. I mean, when you heard $14 billion for Chicago public schools, how lucky are you you're not in Chicago, even if you're in Illinois, let alone that you're in Texas? I mean, you believe that they're stealing right in front of our faces. Sean, it is it is disgraceful. Well, I will tell you, I, I could not take this anymore. Yeah. Um, so we literally uprooted. Now, we did not have the family ties like you do, but we went down to Texas knowing nobody. And, Sean, I cannot tell you, 
Now, there was a side of me that, and I told my wife this, that, you know, there's always this fear of, you know, Illinois is all we knew. Yeah. Sure. So my wife and I and our two nine-year-old daughters, you know, we pack up because I couldn't take it anymore. And Sean, that fear, that anxiety of, you know, looking at my wife three months into this thinking, oh my gosh, hon, what did we do? Yeah. The little wasn't that bad. Sean, that feeling has not even come close. Every day I'm in Texas, I'm a happier man. Can I just share a couple stories with you? Go right ahead. We went to a, we went to a rodeo. Never been to a rodeo before. My wife saw it. And so we bring our nine-year-old daughters to the rodeo. Just a beautiful Texas evening. And Sean, we're in there. Um, again, don't know anybody. They start the rodeo, but before they start... Sean, they gave the most touching tribute yeah. to the Texas police that almost brought me to tears. See, that's what you, know, you that's, miss here in Illinois. That's how they that's yeah. how they started out, and then they did the national anthem. And Sean, oh brother, it, I know. It, it, literally, it almost brought me to tears. Mark, I, daughter, get, I get it, and that's what I love about the story, and that's why I wanted to let you have the have the time to tell it because people need to know that patriotism is alive outside of these Democrat strongholds values. Of family and affection and and truth to principles of the nation is alive outside of these Democrat areas. That's why I love that you took advantage of it. And I'm going to tell you, on behalf of your nine-year-old daughters, what you did for them is give them an opportunity that Illinoisans don't have. And I, I think that's wonderful, and I'm glad you took the risk, Mark. And I love the fact that during this phone call, you may have convinced, even if it's one person, at least they can take advantage because time is the enemy of all men. And I frankly don't have time for these rat bastard Democrats. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate the call. Uh, it's speaking. Did I say squirrel rat bastard Democrats? I believe I did. Let's talk to somebody who can't get out of the apartment if he wanted to, but he has a wonderful pension. Cream puff, Jim. I should have a good weekend. Yeah. I'm just thinking about culture wars. What does that mean? Is that like in a petri dish? Where culture, you take a culture? War. culture wars is culture when we wars. try to tell you moron Democrats that bankrupt and destroy everything you touch. Hey, morons, <laughs> stop doing it. You're going to hate it. That's a culture war. And you, and you guys say, but, but nah, it'll be good. With, and you know what? But what, is it, what does it have to do with culture? Culture. What do you mean culture? Look at your, Look at the way you live in that city you were so proud of at one time. Look at when you were a kid, your quality of life. And look at what these scallywags go through today. And you do it on behalf of the people, and you think that the people want it. Well, I'm here to tell you, this kind of failure, fraud, and corruption that the American Democrat is displaying today is being rejected. Now, always, Chicago is slow on the uptake. After all, you pay 30000 per student, and five out of 100 can actually read. But it's good to see signs in other Democrat sewers. Well, tonight, car thefts across the city continue with three incidents happening just this morning. And now a mother of a teen who is stealing these cars is speaking out asking for help. TV's Carly Dion spoke with her today and joins us live with more on why she's frustrated. Carly. Andrew Yolanda, Tiffany Hammonds says her 17-year-old son recently started down a bad path and she's done all she could to try to stop it. Now she's wondering what more could be done if police keep releasing her son from custody. I've been begging and pleading. Please arrest him, lock him up, do something that's going to make him pay for the things that he's out here doing. Here's his mother saying my son needs to pay for the things he's doing because what these areas need, what the country needs is scum control. Here's the mother of the scum. Please stop. Make it stop. Make him pay. What does Chicago do for this? Well, Chicago sues Kian Honda. The city of Chicago is suing Hyundai. 
Kia and Hyundai alleging that they failed to equip their cars with vital anti-theft technology. The shoe How dare you make this damn automobile so stealable? Of course it's not the scumbag's fault who stole it. After all, he went to CPS and he can't read the keep out sign. Freaking morons. Uh, Steve Orland Park. Hi, Sean. There's three things I just very briefly want to touch off on. Uh, One is I was very disappointed. The Republican debate was not on uh, public television. We have basic cable and we still couldn't get it. Second thing I want to say is regarding the illegals, whether it's 14,000 or four, they multiply. You can multiply that times four right now on top of what we have here. All right, so you're going to go with the rabbit defense? All right, what's number three? Number three is before COVID, uh, they were talking about stopping the time change in Illinois. I haven't heard anything since. Uh, I I, I was just wondering if you have. Steve, listen, no matter how bad you want to know what time it is, do not buy a watch because you will get it robbed in one of these Democrat sewers. So do not be so inquisitive as to make yourself a victim because the answer by these Democrat-controlled areas is to sue Rolex or Breitling or Timex. After all, why do you make this merchandise so stealable? Claims most other companies uh, standardize anti-theft equipment in recent years, and Kia and Hyundai did so in other countries. <laughs> Think about what this low-rent, two-dollar whore Chicago Democrat mafia is doing. Here you have a mother pleading for the authorities to stop her scumbag son, and in Chicago they sue the car makers. You don't think we've fallen into a third-world country? You're right. Maybe it's fourth-world. We'll decide. Chris in Orland Park, is it third world like South America or fourth world like the most corrupt country in the world that we're sending billions of dollars to? Well, speaking of that, the first thing I heard the $14 billion too. I guess all that COVID money went pretty fast, huh? Yeah, well, it went right uh, into the pockets and they went on vacation with their floppy hats on, the yeah, big fat asses. I see, uh, a lot of suntan lotion uh, uh, to cover uh, the dimples. Go ahead. <laughs> Speaking of corrupt countries, I hear we're paying for Ukraine's uh, salary for all these people. Yeah, I'm curious if there's a job site if I could work remotely here from Oglon and uh, you know, do you know a Pritzker? Two jobs. Do you know a Pritzker? Are you willing to look at Penny Pritzker and not vomit in your mouth? <laughs> then we could get you something. Uh-huh. She's in charge of the rebuilding, and she did such a great job with what was it? Superior Bank, which by her own brother's scumbag joke on an FBI recording with the Rod Blagojevich, that fraud dimwit, half-assed bookmaker who married Sweet Polly Purebred, or you wouldn't know his name, said Superior Bank is rather inferior. And they laughed. It's kind of like what we're doing in Ukraine. One of the things that Congress has given USAID uh, since this full-scale invasion began is an unprecedented amount of money Mm -hmm. in direct budget support, which sounds kind of obvious. Of course, we would do that. We want to stand with Ukraine, but it's totally unprecedented these this kind of scale of investment and we're talking in along the lines of about 15 billion dollars in in a sense cash to the ukrainian government Mm -hmm. which was famously corrupt Mm -hmm. you know in 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 past years and still has and that's why they are up against all kinds of limitations in spending and bankrupting our nation and instead of your representatives wanting to stop they want you to pretend it's an emergency and they need more so the question is how stupid are you Or are you going to cheer for what needs to be done? And this government shut down over the weekend. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Go, Ukraine. It's been a long time since we talked to him. 
got a much better phone than Craig. Sounds a lot like him. He's rich in Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Splendid. How are you? Are you uh, in Florida already, or are you going there? I haven't decided. I'm, I'm not there yet. I have another wedding. Another family wedding. What are you going to do, babe? Okay. Well, I got two quick things. One is the Democrats are going to blame the Republicans for uh, government shutdown, where uh, the Democrats only have to do two things. They have to close and secure the border and stop uh, and make some cuts on uh, on their overspending. And the next thing is, is Gavin Newsom, you think he's going to run for the Senate seat uh, uh, now that uh, Feinstein died? I don't think it matters, brother. I think whoever the Democrats put up will win. I think the election theft has been perfected. They know exactly how to steal in very specific areas to always take advantage of a system that was not supposed to be taken advantage of called the Electoral College. They have their key specific counties where the corruption is very similar to Cook. Uh, and the people would rather be in the mafia than reject it. So I don't care if it's Newsom or uh, Kamala Harris, who also likes twosomes, or whoever it is. The Democrats have a stronghold. But here's good news. I want to give you some good news. The good news is things change specifically where you live. I want to share this with you because you'll never hear this in Illinois. It's the largest undercover human trafficking sting in Polk County history. More than 200 people are facing charges tonight, among them a local school athletic director and coach and a few Disney employees. Fox 13's Carla Byron joins us live from the Polk County Sheriff's Office. So, Carla, this operation had some pretty significant results. Yeah, Sheriff Grady Judd said some of the suspects brought weapons or drugs with them to the undercover location. Some even brought their children with them, which is unusual to say the least. He adds a lot of the suspects and uh, victims were here in the country illegally. She's one of the human traffickers. Out of the 219 arrests in the undercover multi-agency operation. She's the one that was setting the appointments. She's the one that we're prostituting two young ladies. That's where she's from, Squirrel. One from Chicago and another from Orlando were arrested for human trafficking, a life felony, and two others are still under investigation. 200 people. See, but in Florida, it's a life felony, which means your crooked, useless, illegal alien ass is going to sit in prison forever. Glenn in Oakbrook. Yeah, hey, Sean. So. Illinois is, uh, we, we have the worst uh, run state in the country. We have the worst governor in the country. And I predict there's going to be a lot of people going into poverty within the next 12 months, along with people in the country. But Illinois is going to be more rapid. I think you're right, Glenn. And when you factor in that less and less people are buying our debt, our government refuses to be responsible. In fact, promotes irresponsibility. And also uses law enforcement to protect predators and Democrat sewers. It's a recipe for disaster, or as it's really known, a Democrat doom loop. Keep voting for him, you morons. He loaned her $2,200 to repair a vehicle, and she didn't have the money to pay it back. So he said, you're going to have to do prostitution. Investigators say that... Oh, look at it this way, Squirrel. She's got a job now, and unlike those electric battery jobs, it doesn't really cost the taxpayer... Oh, yes, they got to house her for the rest of her life as she sits in jail. Two are also undocumented. In fact, they say 35 of the suspects arrested were in the United States illegally. Ooh, that's 35 off the streets. And then I believe the bus brought them back to the sanctuary cities, of which I think Chicago is. The good news is you finally found something to do with that eyesore of incompetence called the Thompson Center. Now, the good news for the 
corrupt mafias that most people can't read because they've been taught in public schools. Otherwise, they'd figure out the governor sold it at a third of its value to his friends and now is going to buy it back at a massive cost so that the illegal aliens can pretend to have a place to live. Well, in Florida and other well-run states, they have a place to live. It's called jail. And three were victims of human trafficking. The sheriff says they're seeing more undocumented people in every operation they do. They were paying off the coyote for their transportation. This is real. For those of you who think... Do coyotes have an LLC or is that an S-Corp? Is it like the Bidens where they wash the, the dirty money till it's clean? I wonder how many of uh, illegal aliens will run for office next cycle. That the border issues only pertains to Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. You there are 30 states pushing back to recognize that the Washington, D.C. is inhabited by assets of enemies, foreign and domestic, specifically the dim and diapers some call president. He's not my president. He's not your president. He is, however, a perpetrator of anti-Americanism. But we win because we're Americans. Cue the music, squirrel. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets ran the bombs bursting in If you're in a Democrat sewer or forced to go in the city of Chicago, keep your head on a swivel and your finger on the trigger. We'll be back on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.